0: morning good morning sabaho everybody welcome back to the show welcome back to the show let me double check make sure everything is uh working i want to say yes it is um sabah everybody welcome back to the show it is uh episode 65 on this saturday of course with saturday morning with tech um the 3rd of april so 4 3, 21, and of course we are back with another show um uh, kind of like trying to summarize some of the main event that's coming up at the end of this week as well. I want to talk a little bit also about the upcoming event that's coming up from Sony with the announcement that they're going to unpack or at least announce the Xperia line or the brand new Xperia on the 14th of April. So... Uh, with that being said, I do want to say sabaho to Davin Davis, of course, uh, Abdel says in the, in the chat, Chris Lopez as well. And, uh, you know, I want to say at least I hope you're doing well. I hope you guys are actually, uh, you know, you're having a good weekend, I guess, if anything. Uh, it is April. We are actually beyond March. So hopefully... Uh, I probably would say that you know announcements, maybe releases, may kind of slow down a little bit, but we don't know. Um, I can say at least this much: I have, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, at least one more device coming in next week that I'll be able to talk to you guys about. Um. But in today's video, I actually kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about the uh, Poco F3, uh, specifically the Poco F3 5G that was just announced not that long ago from Poco, uh, as obviously their Snapdragon 870 processing power uh, Poco, which features, has a lot of really good features. And of course, we're going to do a quick unboxing. I want to talk to you guys also about this nice little gift package that came with it. Um, I didn't get my device in time for the embargo, so I actually got it a little bit later, so that's one of the other reasons why we have the a little bit later on of a chat uh, going on. Uh, Aditya is in the chat. Sabaho, Aditya. I hope you're doing well. uh, ch- uh Chemi's in the chat as well. Uh, Sam is in the chat. Sam, the man with the plan, is in the chat. Um, Sam from across the podcast, of course, as you guys know. Uh, Matt and Sam uh, make a great duo on Saturdays. And last week they had Val over talking Call of Duty mobile. and Well, not mobile, but Call of Duty in general. So... It was an amazing chat if you guys haven't had to check it out, haven't had a chance to check it out. Uh, there's another, uh, obviously, live stream every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's the typical time. And Joe, of course, is in the chat, Mr. Uh, hashtag MrPixelGuy. Uh, of course, everybody's in the chat just showing a lot of love. Thank you very much. Uh, and, you know, it, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week. Uh, I would say that it was a busy week. There was a lot of things going on. Um, at least for me, on my on my end, uh, it was busy on the sense of things that we were able to push, but there were also a lot of things going on for me during you know with day job stuff. So there was it was a lot of things keeping me busy throughout the week. Um, as you guys know, obviously we talked about it, and you're more than likely I will say a disclaimer at this point the Tesla will be mentioned at some point or another, uh, mostly because it's something that's on my mind right now like heavily. Uh, and then, of course, uh, on Wednesday or say Thursday night, sorry, uh, you know, Juan Carlos and I had our live stream. That was also a really good one, uh, best of our week, episode fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, we were able to recap some stuff. We talked a little bit of LG. We talked a little bit of Sony. Uh, but, you know, we both had an opportunity to play with a really nice smartphone, which was the Mi 11 Lite. Now, both of us had the 4G model. That's the model that was sent to us from Xiaomi uh, here in the US. And so basically, that's the model that I have right now. And I you know, obviously we did a video on that for you guys. But you know what? There was an actually another version that was released at the same time, which is the Mi 11 Lite 5G. Now, that one features a brand new chipset from Qualcomm, which is the 780G. That's a brand new mid range processor. We were all waiting for it at the beginning of the year, or even actually around the announcement of the 888 from Qualcomm. But unfortunately, we didn't see anything about it till literally recently. But almost at the same day as the announcement, as Qualcomm is announcing the 780G, Xiaomi's saying, and by the way, we're releasing our phone with that chipset literally about a couple of days later. So the short answer, the Mi 11 5G or the Mi 11 Lite 5G is still considered to be an entry or a mid-range processor uh, as far as the uh, overall performance. It's not trying to compete directly with the Mi 11. It's definitely the entry level. Now, I would say the 4G model, the one I have, is the most entry-level possible you can get to a Mi 11, and those actually start around €299, so it's really comparably priced for for the feature set that you're getting there. The 5G and the 4G share a lot of specifications, battery size, display size, refresh rate, all of those things are actually shared, and one of the benefits, of course, is the 5G modem with the 780 as opposed to the 732 where it doesn't have that. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the benchmark, some of the performances that you can expect from in 780. Since I don't have that phone, it's hard for me to share with, you know, kind of show you exactly the comparison side by side. So Um, I did reach out for some help and I'll definitely be able to jump into that in a little bit. Uh, I see Gary the fireman's in there. Rolando's in the chat as well. uh, uh, And of course, uh, Abdulaziz, uh, where can I buy the Mi 11 Lite 5G? So right now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's available in Europe and Asian uh, Asian markets as far as uh, for the hardware right now. So you're going to have to import it. I don't know if it's being released right now in the Middle East. So I'm assuming you're in the Middle East, Abdulaziz. If you're not, uh, just keep in mind those those two communities um uh okay so GCN, uh, G, uh, sorry Gcn Tech is asking can I ask you a quick question about the WebPlus 9 pro um I can get it uh, I can get a color. OS one can Uh, can it easily converted to to oxygen? Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's switch over. Um, so I think what, uh, what, uh, GCN tech is saying is if you guys are not aware, obviously in China, or at least in the Chinese uh, market, uh, OnePlus is no longer releasing devices with hydrogen OS. They're releasing them with oxygen sorry, with the color OS, which is Oppo's color OS operating system. So there's a little bit of a difference uh, in a, in a priority there. Uh, but so G, um, this is what I will say because I haven't had access to their devices and how they've been able to do them. I can tell you though that in his historically Oppo or oh sorry OnePlus devices that are typically Chinese can be rebranded. You can be actually you are able to actually install. You just need to get them unlocked and of course just flash the the software from another region. Uh, The only thing I would probably say is I don't have 100% confidence in this because it is coming from two different operating systems. You weren't flashing, um, you know, uh, OnePlus device software from one to the other. Uh, So the question would be is, uh, is it realistically possible to do so or maybe better yet? Can you just flash GMS on it and get it to run um, basically the global era edition of it? Because at the end of the day, you also want to keep in mind that radios that are made for the Chinese market are not necessarily going to work as well outside of it, specifically 5G modem uh, radio. So do you want to be aware that you may get the lower price because it's a Chinese edition version? But you may not necessarily get all of the benefit of that because you're trying to convert it into a global area um, right now. I would probably say uh, give it some time to see some development on XDA's side. I haven't actually seen that many people that actually are showing or trying to do a conversion over. But in historical information, it's possible. It's just uh, ColorOS is a different it's a different software. It's, we're not talking oxygen to oxygen or hydrogen to oxygen, which generally share a lot of things. Uh, so I would probably say uh, it's not impossible. But again, thread, thre- uh, be aware that make sure that the device works for you perfectly. So hopefully that answers your question there um uh <laughs> white Ch- uh what do you guys think uh of the news of Whitechapel, tk uh actually hold on you know what i haven't seen that much on it let me see if i can actually just do real quick here so this was there da, da, da. i actually uh i, I want to say i didn't get a chance to pay that much attention to it uh but if you guys can maybe throw in a couple of words on that let me give me a second to just b- bring it up here i'm saving some images from the uh the benchmarking here so here that and let's see what's going on oh the show sorry yeah 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 no uh you actually haven't had a chance to I haven't had I'm assuming you're talking about the show unless I'm putting it up something different um actually let me know Joe actually yeah I would definitely be interested to see what, what do you think on that uh Okay, so Davin Davis is saying, TK, um, if I wasn't drowning in devices uh, of the Xiaomi type, (laughs) I'd snag the F3. Uh, You wouldn't be too far. The experience is very, very similar. I mean, it is running MIUI 12 for, for the most part. So overall, aesthetics is pretty much the same. What I feel like the F3 does, and it does a very well, a good job of is the fact that it actually runs the Snapdragon 870. So it's literally an 865++ think of it as literally as close as you can get to the 888 without being at the 888 pricing. So you get the benefit of the lower pricing. You still get the 5G connectivity. You still get the, the massive display. You know, it's a large 6.6, almost uh, inch display, 1080p, 120 frames per second, uh, almost a 4500 milliampere battery, 33 watt charging. There's a lot of things going on for uh, for the F3, which I'm really enjoying at this point. And I felt like I wanted to kind of share that with you guys as well, because like I said, I got the phone late, but I didn't have a chance to actually kind of do the the, the normal TK Essentials uh, video on it, which I'm still planning on doing, by the way. Uh, but we want to, I definitely want to go through the unboxing, go through some of those features, share with you guys also some images. You guys could see some of the stuff we're talking about here. Um, so, uh is saying that Mi 11 Ultra, yes. So, I am working very hard to try to get my hands on the uh, on the 11 Ultra. I know I, the 11 Lite was the one that was most people kind of covered and I think a lot of people are gonna start um, hopefully in the near future start showing the Mi 11 Ultra because I think those are the ones that are gonna be getting a lot more attention. Um, I'm very excited with what Xiaomi is trying to do with the Mi 11 Ultra, right? Uh, the approach to this is very much a creator producing kind of a content creator because it, it, the, way we, the way one thing I would say on most Xiaomi devices, and it, this could be anywhere from the entry level to the obviously high-end level, the front-facing cameras are great, but they're not the best camera experience on their phones, right? You always want to shoot with the rear-facing camera, the primary sensor to be specific, to get the best experience, either be at 4K, either be it, you know, 4K 60 frames per second. And even if you want to start going into 8K and so on. So at the end of the day, when you have a display that's placed on the back of the phone to enable you not only to center yourself, but also the ability of actually making sure that you're always centered, focused in the, in the actual uh, conversation that will always help you. And also kind of in a weird way, pushing you to use the primary sensor more so than having to use the back sensor, the front facing sensor on that phone. So I feel like that's a great approach. It's also a touch sensor, a touch, well, A touch response uh, display, which allows you to control certain media, which from from the things that we've seen, and at least so far from the from some of the other posts that I've seen with the that crazy 120x zoom that they have in there. It's something to be used if you want to ever be able to get close enough to something that you're too far from. Um, I'll have to get a chance to I want to basically test it out to see how functional it is in the video. It looked too good for what it offered and I don't know because I've seen how the one how uh, the uh, S21 Ultra did as well as the S20 from last year with the space zoom you know the 100x it, it was literally more of a, the yeah you can see can you really take a good picture it wasn't really functional so anyway, anyways I'm, I'm definitely excited for the Mi 11 Ultra I'm with you on that one uh, Um <laughs> have some matzah, definitely uh, oh, speaking of which oh wait that, dang it okay so the comments as it, it always happens this way I uh oh <laughs> uh oh Sam's gonna put the Z Fold two back to ATT. Okay, so I I think I may be missing uh some comments here. Uh how is the Chinese version um version color OS? Uh okay. So uh David David uh sorry, David Burns is asking us how is it or color OS? Uh, Okay, so I, I I get you. I get you with that one. Yes, the Google Silicon that, that we saw some notes on that. Um, so that one, what they did essentially is Hydrogen OS was the Chinese version of o- Oxygen OS, and it was always released on Chinese versions of OnePlus devices in the past. Well, the Hydrogen OS team is basically kind of closed shop on that, so they're no longer developing it in the future. So they're not going to be pushing out any new versions of it. And what ended up happening is that Oppo started basically supporting OnePlus devices in the Chinese market with ColorOS. So if OnePlus is to sell a, a OnePlus phone, be it the OnePlus Nine Nine Pro, it will sell with Color OS um, Eleven for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, in the Chinese market with Chinese versions of uh, of the of the software. So it's not necessarily the global edition that you see on, uh, you know, the F3, uh, the Find X3 Pro, or the Find X3 that we've seen here in the West or in the Euro- in Europe or in the U.S. So it's a specific just market approach, and generally OnePlus devices in the Chinese market are typically cheaper. Sometimes they've kept them where they have all of the bands as the rest, of the regular version of the OnePlus so They don't want to create a separate SKU, but what they end up happening is, it's not a hundred percent till you try it. And again, with five G technology. Although it's not exactly the fastest, but if you are going to try to bring it into the U.S., you want to make sure that it supports the same bands that you have on AT&T, on, one, uh, on of course, T-Mobile, or even with Verizon. So that's the only reason why I always say be careful. In the past, 4G LTE has always been great for us, and they typically work. Um, I can say that the the Cyberpunk edition of the OnePlus 8 which was a Chinese model version, did connect in the U.S., but I did not get true 5G. So there's a thing here that you want to keep in mind. So um, uh remote uh, uh remote tube uh sorry RemoTube tube is asking has the me 11 ultra phone arrived not yet no unfortunately not yet um i am very working very hard but i'm hoping to get it very very soon so um let's just say this let's talk uh, next week there could be some 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 me 11 ultra content uh showing up on the channel i hope so very much uh yeah so uh the the i think aditya thank you yeah my mistake i um, I didn't, I didn't remember the, uh, the code name for it. And I think what happened is I just, I Googled it. And the first thing came up was the actual show from 12, 2009. I don't know why. Um, let's see here, David. Uh, okay. So Sam is saying, I think that the Z fold is okay. So the Z fold is going back to AT&T. It's nice, but I don't need two, two dual screens for foldable phones. Um, I'll wait for the duo too. Um, so everybody, if, if you guys are not aware, Sam owns, uh, actually, Sam is one of the, obviously, one of the owners of the duos, uh, the Microsoft duos from last year. So it's one of the things that I feel like it's a very good form factor, very multitasking oriented device. And um, I think you did, apparently he picked up the Z Fold, the first generation Z Fold. And I guess that one is going to go back to AT&T. I think if you were going to try it, Sam, I would probably go with the two, mostly because they fixed a lot of the stuff on the first one. But um, you know what? After using mine for a while, I would probably say no. Yeah, I, I would wait for the for the duo to see what the improvements can be done there. Uh, at this point, we'll we'll have to see what the Z Fold three approaches. But we'll have also have to see kind of like what they're what they're trying to do uh, with the uh, the actual. I would say the overall, you know, battery management, five G uh, connectivity, SIM cards, just overall things that you know a lot of people may have had concerns with, especially with the UI elements. they've been making improvements on them. Uh, and of course i think it just makes more sense for for duo owners it's the right orientation if anything else so yeah um so yeah uh what we're talking about here is the possibility of google not actually going with either an 870 or going with a 780 but potentially going with a custom soc made specifically for the for the pixel and that's the uh the approach that they were talking about basically co-branding or co-manufacturing it with samsung now, we've heard about this for for some time. Obviously, we all want to. We, we heard also about this, by the way, before the Pixel 5. We thought the Pixel 5 was going to be released with it. This was not this is not something new as far as a, a conversation. This uh, We've had these for some time. The approach, though, that we're looking at is potentially is like, you know, creating another SOC to be put on the market now. We have to understand that obviously there are they already are, you know we have MediaTek, we have uh, High Silicon, we have Qualcomm, um, and of course there's just those are the, some of the main main ones that we all know about. Bringing in a new SoC that's built in specifically for Google. I'm not sure if this if it's done specifically for cost savings or is it just for optimizations because I can understand it from an optimization standpoint. They already control the rest of the hardware. Why not control the processor so that you're able to basically design designate it or design it in a way where it functions to the best? Kind of like how Apple does it with their own silicon as well as their own hardware. Um Mind you, it's sourced from different companies, but it's customized in their own in their own setup. So essentially, when an an iPhone is released, you know that Apple controls everything into the production of that. It's not buying the processor from somebody else. And that's that's also one of the things they're doing with their PC side. Um, I think the overall conversation is it's realistic, though. I mean, we have to kind of see what they have to offer at the end of the day. Having Samsung create the SoC, I don't know if it's if it's if it's something that a lot of us will actually kind of really want because we've seen how the last few generations of uh, the Exynos models of the SoC has been doing. They've done a lot of improvements over the years, and especially with the latest edition. But the the concern is that there's still some overheating concerns. It's not 100% the best solution, I would say. I think Qualcomm still, even with the heating concerns that we have with the 888, is still a better solution. I feel like the 780 would be the device to kind of be the, the soc to actually use and provide you the best experience and it's, it's going to give you that price p- p- uh, to value p- uh, ratio that you want to get from it but at, at the end of the day i think google always wants to uh, has always been wanting to do something like that um fat produce uh andrews in the chat uh <laughs> greetings all i am not driving uh but i am packing and uh and, and loading the vehicle while listening thank you very much man uh hope you're doing well and t- uh, good luck with the move uh, i don't know if you're are you still moving. Uh, I, I thought you already moved, but I could be wrong. Um, Joey B's back. Uh, Greeting, CK. What's up, Davin, everybody? Hey, man, uh, Joey's in there. Let's uh, jump back in here. Gary, the fisherman here. Let's see uh, the uh, OK, so um, this is actually a good question. So, uh, Chris Lopez is asking, uh, it's actually a very nice one. So, what do you think the OnePlus 9T uh, will have as chipset? Would it be the 870 or the 888? Now, realistically history just kind of tells us exactly how OnePlus's uh, planning has always been i don't think it'll go with the lower SOC the 8T is intended if they do what they do last year it'll be just smack in the middle between the 8 and the uh, sorry uh the uh, the 9T would be between the 9 and the 9 Pro so for the most part it's going to run the 888 more than likely the same 888 that we have on the current chipsets not even the later edition if they if Qualcomm releases it so the optimizations that you're going to see there are going to be gradual, but again, we'll more than likely place it in between both the nine and the nine pro. I don't think they're going to be pushing the limit as far as uh, charging speeds anymore. They maybe give us faster wireless charging on the AT that could also potentially be maybe match it to the nine, uh, to, sorry, to the eight to the T as opposed to the nine pro. So there's a few things that they can do realistically there. But the, at the end of the day, uh, it also could also uh, be the, one of the ones they go in with a higher refresh rate. Uh, but as far as the SOC, I think the 888 for sure. So that, uh, more than likely, they're not going to try to dip below that, uh, mostly because if they do, then they're cannibalizing their own line. Also, they would be releasing a less spec device later in the year as opposed to what they've already released in the beginning. And typically the 80 has always been at, at least an improvement over what the uh, the 80 or the 90 would be an improvement over what the previous generation 8 or 9 would have been so let's see here um ah uh, vince is jumping in the chat hey man good morning saying hi to everybody with the chat gay sabaho, man uh, DT, dang it. Okay. So the chat is, <laughs> is that. and we have a Joshua Vergara sighting. Hey, thanks for the plan. Overwhelmed with, uh, recent releases, uh, tons, man, tons. There's a lot of releases going on and, and we're not done. Uh, <laughs> golden monkey tea this morning. Good morning. Um, morning, Joshua. Okay. Good, good, good. Everybody's jumping in saying hi. So good. Um, uh, uh, why do you, th- why do you think it's hard for a company to truly com- compete against Samsung? Ah, angel. That's a good question. Um. I think, so in a way, it's not hard to compete with Samsung. It's hard to compete with Samsung's marketing department. That's the hard part. It's the who puts their devices in front of people's faces all the time, who's putting more ads, who's telling people that if you don't have a Samsung, you don't you're not really getting the true experience of what Android is or the alternative to Apple. That's the biggest comp- uh, company issue that we have. And we've seen this even with if we have to kind of even talk about the fact that, you know, what's going on with LG um, just for reference, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, Juan Carlos is dropping a video hopefully very soon um, on uh, the conversation, what's going on with LG and where why are some of the what are some of the reasons that are causing the um, what what was some of the what was the reasons or some of the reasons that the uh, the company was having problems in their mobile department, and at the end of the day, I would probably say is that the advertising for LG was their biggest, I would say their biggest weak point uh, whenever they were able to get into or try to market their devices to to people, because at the end of the day, you know, if if there's ever one LG commercial that I would remember, it was I think a, a video or a, an ad where it featured. Uh, basically, it features the smartphone, but they were focusing so much on what the assistant from uh, you know from Google can do that all they did with the video was ask the assistant to take a selfie. And that, to me, was totally not what the, what, what the LG device was about. It's nothing to say that none of the other Android devices on the market can't do this. So that was the thing that I felt like was a little bit missed. Um, and that would have been a big factor for people to be able to be aware of what LG had to offer because they, made, they do make sorry, they made very good hardware and their devices are still very strong. Again, the V60 is one of their best devices to date. Um, And the wing, of course, is very unique with the Explorer program. We were going to see another foldable, uh, you know, not foldable, a rollable smartphone. So there was a lot of things going on. Um, But yeah, competing with Samsung is seriously, it's more of a numbers kind of a game. I don't think Samsung makes the best devices on the market. I think they make great devices, but they're not the best. No smartphone or one company makes the best ultimate d- the device because at the end of the day, when they're selling it or when they're putting it together, they're literally making a recipe. It's like a recipe for something that you want to eat. You're always going to have that one little thing about it that you're like, ah, I wish it would have. And the moment you say that, that makes this device great, but not the perfect device. And also at the end of the day, I would probably say is there actually is... Th- a type of device that is perfect for type for a certain person, meaning what I find to be a good device for me may not be yours. And we need to have the option. Well, we need to have the options to be able to make those decisions with the tech that's being sold. So that's when I, what I would say. So I think Samsung, although is a very good a global brand and they've been doing great for some for some years. I think their approach this year is a little bit mixed. I feel like, you know, removing certain features that a lot of people appreciated, providing us less uh, lower quality built uh, on their, on some devices, removing MST off of it, not even including the charger in, the, in a flagship smartphone that is $1,000 plus, to me is a little bit of a, you know, you copied the wrong page from the Apple book, if there's a best way to say that. Um, so, uh, oh, Commando's... Uh, uh, Zako, as is is, what do you think of the Mi 11 uh, Ultra? Do you think that's the best phone so far? On paper, for me right now, it does sound like it's the best phone. Um, I'm really wanting to see what is Xiaomi doing with the Mi 11 Ultra as opposed to what they've done with the Mi 11. And I'll say with um, a little bit more on the thermals and as far as the processing power. The first thing that I did appreciate between Xiaomi and uh, and and Samsung, if we have to talk about them again, is that at the launch event where Samsung released their smartphones throttled they controlled the temperatures by reducing the speed of the processor so that the device doesn't warm up at least on the Snapdragon 888 model and I think if I'm not mistaken Matt confirmed for us as well as that the um I think the Exynos model also had the same concern Xiaomi didn't do that which tent which made the device run a little bit warm with the Mi 11 whenever you ran like extended gaming sessions or like an extended amount of time where you're using the device for basically or stressing the device for an extended amount of time so I'm hoping that the Mi 11 Ultra does address some of the thermal concerns with better heat dissipation or better heat management. So those are things I'm looking for. But on paper, at least from the things we've seen, I can say that it's definitely a contender for the number one spot. And we just have to basically see how it performs. So my thing for me is truly just seeing how the daily, you know, how does it work um, on all the all the different things that I like to do, but specifically photography, producing content, uh, and of course uh, just playing games. Because to me, that that massive display screen games uh, and I want to see all of the things we can do with that little uh, the tiny display on the back sensor so I'm with you I'm hoping that it'll be great uh Sam's jumping in marketing and marketing and marketing Apple and Samsung have Samsung, Apple have have dumped hundreds of millions of dollars and that's why there you go exactly it, it always ends up being that you're not really competing with the with the product as much as the marketing it's a perception. There's a perception of Samsung products that a lot of people going into a store, they're thinking, I wanna buy an Android, I should be getting a Samsung. I'm gonna buy an iOS, I'm gonna buy an Apple phone. Now, Apple has pretty much kind of a cornered area because there's not really competition in that market in the sense that if you want an Apple, you're just literally competing between the the mini, the standard 12 and the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. And and then you you go between those four devices or even if you wanna go with the SE, which was re-released recently. But and on Android, you do really have like a competition based, but it's hard to tell when you go into a retail store or you go into a, a carrier store here in the US because you literally see a small number of things. LG was able to get back into retail stores last year. That's going to be gone, unfortunately. So now we're left basically with Samsung, OnePlus. And then we also have, um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't think it's... Um, Okay, who was who is the third carrier? I think I want to say Motorola was in some areas, but LG was the only other one that was in there. It's going to be a very small list of devices. I'm glad OnePlus is in the game, but at the end of the day, it is the marketing department. It's weird. But uh if if Samsung, if companies are able to put that much money into their marketing as much as Samsung's able to, I think that people will start considering and 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 maybe even push uh push some of the, the creativity on Samsung side. Um Davin Davis is jumping back in. Do you think Sony will change things up um, and really uh, and uh, with both the uh, the both the one uh, Mach Three or the five Mach Three um, at some time this year due to the chip shortages? So we already kind of saw a little bit of a delay, right? We're in April, and this is where we're hearing the first time about the uh, about the uh, Xperia One Mach Three. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say last year we already by the end of March kind of saw the initial announcement. We actually knew about. Uh, you know, this guy, the uh, Xperia Pro coming out or the announcement of it with the Xperia 1 Mach 3, Mach 2, way before it was actually available in June. So there was actually a big gap. So I'm I think we're gonna actually face a big, big concern later on in the year with that, with that type of concern. I think we're also starting to see why Qualcomm is starting to release so many rehashed, and I'm gonna say that in a weird it sounds bad, but I mean really essentially reutilizing the older SOC. At the same time as Poco announced the 870, uh, they also announced the M3 Pro, and that was released with the Snapdragon 860. Now, we haven't had an 860 device in the past because 860 didn't exist, and the 860 is pretty much what the 870 is. It's a re- well, it's a repurposed model of the 855 Plus. So, the 860 with the M3 is literally a 3-year-old processor updated for the 2021 edition. And then of course, the F3 is using the 870, which essentially is an 865 Plus plus. And I say plus plus is because there was already an 865 plus. So the way we're getting to where we are right now, we're getting a device that is running literally the best, some of the best specifications here. So when we talk about the X3 and the F3 here, this is literally the best that we got in 2020. And it's still a very capable device four or five months later into 2021. So I like that approach. But that's why we're doing it. That's why Qualcomm is doing it. That's why we're seeing so many more options because I feel like they may still have some like stockpiles maybe or certain hardware that they're able to utilize. And the architecture is not being changed. They're not redoing the chipset. It's seriously just a, a, a tuning to run slightly faster and therefore be able to actually call it a separate processor. Um, same thing with the 870. It still runs with the X50 modem that's, separately, that's separate from the SoC. We're not getting the triple ISP configuration that we get with the 888. You're getting, again, a tailored experience, but it's being re-released with a new name. So there's there's gonna be some concerns. Sony, Sony demand or Sony hard, Sony hardware is very, I, I would say, it, specific to markets, right? So the one we, for the most part, we know it's gonna be an 888 chipset. So that's gonna be because that's their flash grip devices. Um, Will it be basically impacted by shortage later in the year? I'm not sure, because a lot of these devices are typically manufactured ahead of time. So there may be some shortages later in the year as far as availability. But at this point, I think people should be aware and make, you know, hopefully their purchasing decisions based on what they feel like. This is a perfect time, by the way, to reutilize a flagship from 2020 and make it live longer, allow it to live longer as, again, I mean, Xiaomi is betting on it. The 870 is, again, is literally a 2020 processor updated for 2021 and it runs perfectly fine. So I, I don't I don't see it as a problem. I see more people shifting into uh, basically last year's flagships, which are still available in different places uh, to be able to pick up. Um oh Andrew's saying lg was never never truly made an effort to control the narrative around their own smartphones and i feel like that that's a big 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 um big part of the story that i feel like a lot of people maybe weren't able to actually get or be aware of it lg's been around or has been around as far as a phone maker for almost as long as samsung's been around it's not like they just came up they're not a like a new intro uh, introduction into the market um I've covered, I've covered LG devices for, for a long time, and I can say truly that their devices provided a very unique experience that was an LG experience, but you knew that the hardware was literally 10 out of 10 every time they released the phone. Um, the software needed a little bit of update and a little bit of uh, love. And honestly, with the modding community and development, we had a lot of options in the past to be able to make things work. Uh, we finally got Android 11 on the V60, which was released, of, I think it was a, less than a month ago, for both Juan Carlos and I on the, on the US variant version on T-Mobile. But, to me, those are things that I'm really excited about. I want to see how uh, LG is able to push things. Um, and i and I really feel bad because at the end of the day, when we lose LG, we're losing a competitor that was enabling other companies to do more competition is the bane the re, the reason where we are now where we are with devices the reason why we have an hdmi port in here why is this considered a pro device uh, why is this device even releasing for the price that it is for xiaomi is because of competition when we lose competition we lose some of these key features this year, I feel like Xiaomi is going straight for Samsung with their approach to, uh, to releasing devices. It is literally the beginning of April, and we have some serious competitors already on, uh, on, on Xiaomi. And of course, the moment Qualcomm releases a chipset, it's almost like Xiaomi's like, hold on a second, here you go, here's a phone. And, and I like that. I like the approach that Xiaomi is doing. Um, and I'm really hoping that that helps push Samsung to go back to their roots, to go back and bring in some of those optional options that we always loved. The SD card should not have been taken out. It is not taking out that much space that Samsung needed to remove it and make us buy a higher tiered storage capacity so that we pay them as opposed to just have the option of buying, you know, a $50 SD card for 256 gigs, as opposed to paying you know 50 bucks more to just go 128 over what the internal storage is from 128 to 256 that's just very much you know and, and we're going to see a lot of those impacts uh marks uh, marks asking saying sabahatik Sabaha mark Ehlen. Um, Chemi's saying, "I'm still. Oh, so Chemi's still going through with some concerns as well. Uh, he and I have been talking on Twitter a couple of times the last few weeks. So he's going through some challenges as well to try to unlock an LG Wing um, that he had, and there's there's some issues in getting you know if you want to use it outside of the market that it was released in. Uh, LG devices typically, just for reference, have always been one of the most locked devices on the market for some time. I think in the beginning when LG was much easier to unlock, people were a lot more comfortable going into development there. But then when we go into the late years at least within the later la- the recent generations development has been a little bit more concerned and we're getting more locked uh, you know uh, like unlocking devices just to use them on other carriers becomes a little bit of a challenge so we'll always have to see how that kind of goes there so let me see here whoa okay I jumped one more time let me see here that that Motorola yep yeah, so uh, da, David is uh, saying Motorola for Verizon um I can internal thermals by uh when Samsung is hiding okay uh, so uh, Demir is asking is how um, any, any way I can uh, monitor the internal thermals of my S20 FEU and Samsung's hiding temperature uh, sensors uh, from apps like um, IDA64 device hardware. And, uh, yeah, uh, without unlocking it, it's uh, it's a little bit hard to actually give out give some of those informations in there. Uh, I probably would say, um, man, I'm trying to. Uh, let me let me let me see if I can I can find something that actually works without a rooted device because t- typically that's where it is you're trying to access root information that's is, it's again you can feel the device warms up it's not a question of you know what is the temperature but it, the fact that it is warming up with the S twenty FE. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what the S21 and S21 Plus is really doing. They're using the same support. I feel like they they used an architecture that was designed for the S20 FE, maybe an 865, and they put in the, the 888 in there, and it's just not doing well with temperatures. Um, AT and T have Samsung, Apple. Uh, oh, that's right. It was the Pixel devices. I forgot about that. T-Mobile is actually very much heavy into the Pixel, and I don't know how, how that slipped my mind. Uh, but Pixels are actually you know in stores and being more uh, supported. So that's a good option as far as you know smartphones. So you get Pixels, Samsung's, OnePlus devices now, and of course iPhone devices. But again, I'm not saying those are not great choices. It's just not the exact representation what are the options for people to be able to pick up but unfortunately those are the big carriers that you get to work with in the U.S. here so um Chris Lopez uh we'll we'll fit it into into in tonight's show or tomorrow for sure yeah no um <laughs> uh let me see here I think I missed something here that uh Xiaomi destroying other brands and their very own family uh I call, I call it price gouging. Yes, no. There's definitely things going on uh, when it comes it comes into the price uh, configuration. The way they do it, uh, the downfall of LG was this. Okay, um, so Chris Lopez is saying that one of the other downfalls that LG had was their software update and security updates. Uh, that is a true statement. Yeah, uh, they they've had a, they've had a weird track record of. Um, like day one release, you'll release. like they were they were at one point, LG was one of the first devices to be released in the u s. with the next version of Android. And I didn't I think they did that twice on on two devices in a, two years in a row. But the concern was that after day one, like when you first got the smartphone, you may get one update because it was released before launch. And then literally updates to that took forever. Now, I do want to say about that uh, work with Chris is that you have to keep in mind there's two factors into this conversation. Carriers and OEMs. So LG may have already released the software update, and then they send it over to carriers So like T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon. And they typically take a little longer to be able to certify the software at their own at bloatware. I'm not sorry, not bloatware per se, but you know what I mean. Like those specific apps, like T-Mobile for T-Mobile specifically, like their voicemail app, their uh, you know account and stuff like that. Those apps are then added and then certified, and then they release the update. Unfortunately. I think sometimes it just takes so long that by the time it even shows up, it's not even worth it. So where I feel like OnePlus and one of the reasons why I went with buying unlocked devices was because of that function. Although it kind of worked backwards for us also with some carriers like with OnePlus, I would say OnePlus pushes their updates quite consistently. They're not as fast as they used to be, but they're still technically one of the better options on the market. Um, LG was in the same boat. Uh, Once you were on a carrier, you're constricted to what the the carrier was doing. The V60 uh, update that we got was pushed by the carriers, not by LG. LG sent it to the carriers and the the carriers basically pushed it to their smartphones. And that's the typical conversation that you get there. Um, But the, the LG story over time has always been, you didn't get them in time or by the time you got them, it was maybe too late. So Updates are very important. A lot of us do care about them. Pixels, in my, in my opinion, are still the number one. But again, carrier versions of any device, even OnePlus devices have to go through the carrier. You know, like T-Mobile carries um, you know, the OnePlus 9 and the 9 Pro, but those updates are going to be very different and going to take longer. Uh, and also we, we lose the additional SIM card. So those are things we have to keep in mind. Uh, and Samsung, I think, overall changed the story where when you first used to buy unlocked devices from Samsung, the unlocked models got the update first because Samsung controlled their hardware, right? They could ship out the update to the phone and they allowed you to have the update first. And that was a big appeal to unlocked models and why people started to buy them. As time went on, Samsung caved into the OEM, to the carriers, right? They said, we want updates from you first. You want to sell it. You want to want us to sell your phones. We need to have first dips on the updates so that people don't feel that they miss out, that they can go buy the same phone for the same price unlocked from you later on or at the, same, at the launch time. And then they get a better experience than you get with us. And we want that first dibs and Samsung did convert to that. So now we know that every time a new update is pushed, believe it or not, T-Mobile, AT&T and Verizon get the update first, then the unlocked model gets it. So we are now actually at the end part of it. Uh, For me, for reference, the, uh, you know, the S21 Ultra or even the S20 Ultra from last year are all unlocked. And I've had to wait for updates for quite some time now. It doesn't mean you can't sideload it in some areas, but I'm saying like if you just are a user that decided to go with the unlock because you want to be able to try AT&T, Verizon or whatever, those are things you have to keep in mind. It, it's, not a, it's, it's no longer a benefit. So unlocked is an option, but not necessarily the, uh, the, the, the best option at this point. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Uh, and Xiaomi is doing great. At, well, Xiaomi is really going for, I, I feel like just covering all aspects of the market between the Xiaomi release of the Mi line, and then the Poco release, and then also with the Black Shark release, they've covered almost everything. You've got the enthusiast, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say basically flagship killer concept kind of thing. That's the best way to describe Poco kind of a, uh, an approach. Uh, you got the Black Shark with the gaming situation. You got the Mi devices from the budget entry level all the way to the mid range, all the way to the flagship, and now with the Ultra. So it is literally Xiaomi's game to lose realistically at the end of this at the end of this year. They're they're just pushing a lot. And I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that Xiaomi is a big competitor because they're no longer just playing a side and letting Samsung release their first devices, first eight eighty eight to the market and first seven eighty g to the market. Um, Commando is uh, Commando uh, Zaho is saying is, uh, I think that the Mi Eleven Ultra can be very can be very beneficial for creators, um, and. Um, and eBay, okay, hold on, I'm not sure. And who are about? Oh, okay, so and basically, for a lot of creators that are about photography, uh, you can take photos with the main camera. Hard to bring the DSLR camera with you everywhere you go. Um, honestly, Commando, I don't know what you're saying. I bring my DSLR with me everywhere, dude. Like seriously? No, just kidding. That, that's my my impressions of uh, of Juan Carlos. I don't know if that came up right but uh, no um i actually have the uh, the a7s3 again because i'm working on a show which actually speaking of which i'd like to maybe uh, we can start talking about that right now which would be nice so one of the things i wanted to talk about is you guys all know we did a show or i did a show with sony i think it was like end of february on the 28th uh, it was literally the last day of february and that was the B-Alpha show that was hosted on Sony's uh, site. This was basically their own Alpha sh- uh, Alpha uh, presenters. And I had a great time with them. And we had an opportunity to have a great, really good time talking about the Xperia Pro. But one of the reasons why the Xperia Pro is back uh, is uh, it's not because I bought it, but it's because I'm actually doing another collaboration with Sony, which is really, really nice. And I'm really thankful. So thank you very much to Sony. Um, not sponsoring this video, I'm just Obviously being very grateful Uh, and this show is actually going to be going on another site called Video Maker. So if you guys are not familiar with them, there is a link in the description below for the event. It's going to happen on Wednesday, so in about four days from now. And it's it's essentially it's a live streaming or video content creators online. Now, you guys know I do at least two live streams a week, right? One here, one with Juan Carlos, and I host the live stream here. So everything is run through the studio that I have here. And of course, I still create my own content and everything like that. So and on top of the 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 Amazon stuff that I've done in the past as well. So the short answer is they, they wanted to basically feature some of the content or how to do live streaming at home as well as on the go. And that's going to be what I focus for uh, on, on the show. So I've, I've given you guys a link in the description below if you guys would like to check it out. My segment, if I'm not mistaken, starts at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you guys are on the West Coast, obviously, guys will be there. Uh, and of course, hopefully convert that to your own time zone. So I'm really excited for that to happen. Um, And one of the reasons why uh, this guy is here and uh, why I'm enjoying it so much, but um, I didn't get a chance to set it up correctly to be able to get everything set up. I just got the hardware a day or so. So I don't have everything set up to be able to do the live stream because um, realistically, I actually wanted to do the live stream with it today. I actually wanted to take you guys with me. We go back in the car, we go driving around a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, But I may actually end up doing a quick like maybe 20-30 minute live stream tomorrow, um, just kind of you know off the cuff outdoors with the a7s3 and of course the xperia pro running on 5g with verizon which is a big big factor so uh with that being said uh i hope you guys will have a chance to check it out if you haven't had to yet link for that will be in the description below uh, the company is called video maker and uh, they, they are literally connect. that's literally their entire thing they are focused on video creation and content creators that are obviously very video focused By the way, I am really liking these cups. These Goku cups. This is the uh, Ultra Instinct one. Uh, it just looks absolutely fantastic. I think uh, definitely a massive upgrade from what we had last year. So let me see here. Um, okay, TK. Uh, does the Xperia Pro record in 4K 120? Currently, it does not. It hasn't. It actually hasn't been updated to Android 11 yet. So let me show you here. I mean. And you do need to jump into the Cinema Pro, by the way, any any of their high end video uh, qualities are always going to be in the Cinema Pro comp- uh, app because that's how they uh, they focused it. So let's go here. Allow, allow, allow. Like I said, I'm still kind of setting up all the way here. So right now, I hope you guys could see that. Right there, when it says FPS, you can kind of see right there, 60, 59.59 is the maximum that you can actually do as far as the resolution for the Xperia Pro. Now, once it gets Android 11, it will get the same benefit as the Xperia 1 Mach 3. So that feature is coming. It's a software limitation. It is not a hardware piece of uh, not a hardware limitation. The only one that runs on Android 10.0 or uh, Android 10 that has that feature right now is the Xperia 5 Mach 2, which is the one that came out with the feature. So... Xperia one mark 2 received the update in the US and now we have one K, uh, 4K 120 and the Xperia Pro will get that functionality. To, you know, it's the same sensors. The back sensors on the Xperia Pro is the exact same sensors that we have on the one Mark two and the five Mark two. So, yeah, definitely they will definitely get that. It's a, just a matter of the software. Uh, and Yeah, no, Chris, exactly. The, uh, the Xperia Pro still has the 865 as well. Uh, they didn't change the processor on that one. Uh, <laughs> hey uh hashtag tk alphabet i i i think i'm 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 like seriously uh um i as a as a fan of the pro, of their cameras again as um I mean, a true user of the product. It's not like because I I just like them. I I truly believe in the, in the experience. I was all Canon for the longest time. I went over to GH5 uh, and of course with the GH5 because the flippy camera was the biggest draw for me. And of course, 4k recording. And then of course, when the, the a7S III came out, I literally, I pre-ordered it literally almost on day one and waited months, four months or so before he was able to ship. (coughs) Sorry. Um, so my unit came from B&H and B&H was one of the later ones to actually ship out. So I waited for it. It was totally worth it. I use it on the daily. Uh, it is a beauty of a, of a camera to use, very good handle. And of course, uh, with this nice little rig setup that uh, Sony first introduced to, to me with the, the Xperia Pro when we first started doing videos, I've even upgraded my camera setup here in the office with that nice little grid or grip and cage so I can mount things on it. So very, very happy. But thank you very much. And uh, Dominic, thank you. I I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's it It's a big, let's just say this. I'm very happy and and obviously feel very blessed that Sony loved what we did the first time that they wanted to work with me again and I'm more than happy to uh, lend a hand and and share again what we normally do. Literally, I mean they're they're wanting me to talk about something I do on 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 a, on a, on a regular basis <laughs> from uh, from my studio. So this is literally uh, it's almost like us chit chatting and but I get a chance to do it with the Xperia Pro and of course the A7S3 as well. So thank you, appreciate everybody's uh, <laughs> everybody's uh, updates here again the fireman tk tk alpha bay tk sony bay always always i love sony is definitely going to be my bay uh, and, I'll, and i'll let my wife know about that one later <laughs> aditya thank you very much thank you very much um oh so angel uh Valentin's asking so i have another question now that we're talking about unlocked smartphones i purchased my phone from a carrier and i unlocked it uh, but i still have the old carrier software on the device and i am unable and i am unable to let me see. I think we're missing part of the question, Angel. Oh, to remove it, uh, why is the case? Okay. So uh, this is a very, I would say it's software-wise is very simple solution. The version of the software, the phone that you bought, and I'll, I'm going to use a, sim, you know, like I say, a carrier XYZ. The version of the software you bought has a a modified version of the original software. So let's say you bought a Samsung Samsung released the phone and then Samsung said, okay, we're going to release an XYZ version of this phone. And so you bought that version. You didn't buy an unlocked model. The only thing you are able to do when you unlocked it, you unlocked um, the carrier uh, configuration, meaning you're allowed to use this phone with other carriers. You want to keep two things in mind that doesn't change the software on the phone, because that's still a phone that you bought from a carrier XYZ. So, without rooting the phone, meaning unlocking the bootloader and installing a global unlocked uh, ROM on it, meaning the operating system from the unlocked model of said carrier, let's say Samsung or sorry, uh, phone manufacturer, you're not going to be able to get rid of those uh, splash screens. If you are able to and you're comfortable getting into a root situation, then you're able to change the splash screen, which is that boot up screen that you normally get when you first turn on the phone to something that's more custom or again, all around just flashing a global ROM on it and hopefully get the better experience. There's a few caveats here, there, plus, you know, differences here you want to be aware of, obviously. But um, if you go into this, if you if you end up diving into that type of experience, you're definitely going to appreciate uh, having that experience there. But the short answer is that's the reason why it doesn't go. You unlocked it to work with another carrier, but it's uh, the the software doesn't change uh, to match the carrier because the carrier, the XYZ carrier you bought it from, actually change the software to include their stuff by adding the splash screen, their software optimizations, uh, they're tracking whatever uh, applications that they end up using in there. They actually end up doing that before they release the phone. So hopefully that gets the answer for you, and I, uh, Angel. Uh, and hopefully that, that kind of hit the, hit the answer for you right there as well. Uh, let me see. I think I kind of skipped a few. Uh, oh, oh. Hey, Jermaine is in the chat, man. Jermaine is in the chat, and I have to say, Jermaine, I have watched your Xperia 1 Mach 3 uh, concept video over and over and over and over and over, just because I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with the Xperia 1 Mach 3. But uh, yeah, glad to see you in the chat, Jermaine. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, Khil-Chan is saying is, well, Huawei still has some work to do, but I think they're not necessarily out of the game yet. let me see here. I think that TK chilling for <laughs> chilling for all takers. Nah, dude, you know what? I I, I don't mind, man. I, I I will always try to work with um, especially with brands that I truly appreciate and I, and I really love, you know, like I would I wouldn't mind working with OnePlus. I wouldn't worry working with Oppo or uh, any kind of collaboration that allows me to actually you know showcase the things that I really like and I appreciate the message that the company's doing. And I was very happy, to be honest, um, I was finally able to directly work with LG last year. I mean, it took me the longest time ever to try to work with LG directly and kind of get, get on with or talk to them and work with them. And um, I felt like it was a really good direction for the channel last year, At the beginning of the year with the V60. I loved that part. And, you know, I, I truly feel it, it's really just something that has to be kind of, you know, said. LG is needed in the in the business They I mean, now that okay, now that Sony brought back the headphone jack, LG was the only one bringing us that quality, that audio quality that we want. The quad DAC, the truly like seriously, to this day, the V60 has the best headphone jack on the market. And unfortunately, because of what's going on with LG, we're not going to see a successor to that. You know, and but I'm hoping again that Sony does bring that in when pushes more with the updates that we see with the Xperia One Mach 3 I want to see better audio processing done because they are I, for, for all of the leaks that we've seen, even with Germaine's renders in there, the headphone jack is still there, which is a big win in my opinion. That's for sure a big big win. Um, so always, I, I'm always going to be a big fan of that. Uh, let me see here. I think I I, I I'm trying to scroll. But, ah, dang it! Again, okay, it does it then right there. Um, Rec- Rexintone, uh, yeah, we 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 did get a chance to talk a little bit more about the white uh, white chapel. Uh, well, S- Sony, sorry, uh, Google and Samsung working on that. So, I think it's a good decision if they're able to work it and they pr- you know provide the performance. But I'm worried uh, that. I'm not sure what the benefits that they're shooting for. Is it is it truly to introduce more of a co-processor, bringing that back in? Is it going to be the primary uh, primary processor? What is the approach that they're trying to build into this? And th- is it more just so they have a better control the way Apple has over their hardware? Because we can obviously see that Samsung has had a, a little bit of a hard time trying to do that with their SoCs on the Exynos style, uh, side. So I, I realize Samsung doesn't control Android. Uh, Google has much more uh, you know deep integration with this process. So. Google can definitely benefit from this if they're able to do it the right way. So we'll have, we'll have to see it there. Uh, (laughs) Gary, you're, you're just, you're jumping in with this one. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was, it was just, it was, it was the time for me to work with them. And it was just, um, it was an amazing year and it kind of went really like a a roller coaster. And like I said, the wing is one of their, one of their really good, well-designed smartphones. The velvet was great. The V60 is amazing. Um, and I'm hoping that at some point, even though maybe they as a as a brand or maybe the mobile side may end, we may end up seeing them uh, seeing the LG brand live through something else. But hopefully, uh, you know, still live up to the expectations as what LG fans have been uh, looking for using uh, for some time. Um, and yeah, Jermaine, I'm with you. It's a shame. It's a very big shame to see what's going on with LG right now. Uh, at TK, can I, can I help? Okay, so um, David is asking it. So um, I seem to like. Okay, so I seem to like dead end, and, and discrete OEMs, uh, dead and discrete OEMs, LG, Huawei, HTC, HMD, and Sony. Um, I think what you what you are, what you you are have, Devin, is the fact that you know what you like and you go after the companies that provide you that experience that you're not willing to accept just because it was the most presented item on the, on the menu. It's the one with the biggest picture, the biggest font, and everything on the menu. You tend to read through and see some of the other options that you have to be able to pick from. Um, I think Sony is doing a big comeback, and I'm hoping that Sony kind of continues. And I feel like Sony's approach to the Xperia has shifted from trying to make Xperia be the the number one smartphone, but more so the best perfect companion to their alpha side, but still give you a very alpha-esque experience from a smartphone. So I feel like Sony is focusing heavy on feeding into their support, into their consumer, and uh, basically fan base a lot more than what other companies have done. Um, I'm starting to see basically what their message is going to be. And of course, we've seen here now that the Xperia 3, or 1 Mach 3 is gonna be basically focusing heavy on what we saw last year. Those are things that I'm excited about. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't feel too bad, Devin. I think at the end of the day, I'm the LG brand may live again under something else. But right now, just that's the story that we are in. And it is truly sad um, because, like I said, the V60 for a creator right now from from the large display the the uh, basically the consistent 60 frames per second across the entire ui elements the front facing speakers faster charging uh, large battery 5000 milliampere 4k60 all across the, uh, the the spectrum of lenses that you have in there and amazing audio control especially for headphone jacks those are things that we're going to miss but we'll have to see how they go as well um so uh Devin's thought we're really state. <laughs> Joe's funny uh so Joe's saying is uh, it he's answering davin saying um so it's davin's thought uh companies are fan- are failing so uh, davin stay away from pixels uh, I think Google Google for for sure is I, I would say it's a safe bet to say that they're good um Jermaine says, uh, "Well, cannot uh, well I cannot compare with the uh, with the one you wanted because uh, they haven't they haven't done anything uh, oh with Tyson. I think he's answering a question to somebody else. Uh, so, DTS is actually very good. Yeah, Sony pivoted very hard, uh, going full ecosystem, and um, and we are we're somehow making mo- and they are somehow making money. If I if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I'm seriously considering uh, a Sony uh, for uh, for they for basically if they do go with the compact, which." Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think some of the hints, I think uh, I forgot where it was. I was talking to Josh yesterday on the Pocket Now podcast. And um, yeah, there is some hints of a a compact return to compact devices, which would be a very exciting thing for Sony, specifically since I think a lot of people love their compact. We have a lot of smartphones that are massive, that are, you know, just standard size now we can consider. But believe it or not, there is actually a demand for compact editions. So I think the Sony compact bringing back into the U.S. market would be great. I think that would be an amazing option to see. Davin, <laughs> Davin killed LG and HTC. HTC is still floating somewhere. Uh Slowly but surely, every once in a while, we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Uh So, OK, so uh, Re- Rexitone Gaming is saying that an overclocked RRG Phone 3 can beat an RRG Phone 5. Not that hard to prove, realistically. If you think about it, the 865 and the 888 are are, are it's not super. They're not like you know night and day performance difference. Uh, but technically, if you think about it, an overclocked ROG Phone 3 is basically running the 865 plus plus. So that's pretty close from a computing power. It, I think we're 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 almost splitting hairs on performance, realistically, on the daily activity of what you can get. Um, either be 144 or 165 at the end of the day you're not really getting that big of a difference on performance really it's about 15 hertz of, of difference between where you are and where you're going or about 10 hertz or so i mean if you think about it uh, actually i take that back almost 20 my mistake on the math but at the end of the day if you really consider the the performance overall i think the eight at the rog phone five is a better choice mostly because of the headphone jack and the fast charging technology because you you're also factoring in gaming or the gaming function as its only uh, beneficial feature, but it's how fast can you recharge it? Also, can you use something that has low latency without having to use the dock? That was a big factor. That that was a big no for me for going from the two to the three. And one of the reasons why I didn't pick up the three, the five for me answers all of those, and it does it in a much better fa- uh, manner. And I feel like even though the three can o- overclock it, I think that's a great feature to keep the three for much longer. But if you're having a choice at the time and you're going into the ROG ecosystem, I would go for the five. Or and if you have to go to an earlier one, go for the two. The two is still super capable. um I we st- still we still use the ROG phone two to this day, and it doesn't miss a beat. 120 frames per second is still way above most of the flagship uh, AAA games can actually perform at. Very few devices can actually or the apps can actually utilize that refresh rate. And what we're not realizing at this day is, um, although the technology is capable of providing us uh, super fast refresh rates faster than our display that's sitting right there behind me, uh, it is not going to work like that with everything. UI elements can benefit from it, from scrolling and opening apps and doing things like that, which I think is a very good feature. But at the end of the day, and I think above 120 is literally like um, more toppings on top of an amazing cake. Let's just say that it's already amazing. It's great. And you're adding more toppings to just push and make it a little bit better there. So I, we'll have to see how that kind of goes there. But at the end of the day, I think the RG Phone 3 is very nice. The 2, in my opinion, is a little bit better because of the headphone jack, but I think the 5 definitely is a much better well-rounded experience. Thermal management is much better uh, with the fan that they have in there. So since we can actually kind of talk about it so with the fan system that we have here the triggers that they added into here in the into the uh, fans it just makes things so much nicer and you have the additional headphone jack a pass through USB C for a, uh, external display the triggers are still there you have the large display stereo speakers are very nice and you get that battery with 65 watt charging it's just crazy it's really hard to mess with the five so that i i although i'm with you uh, I would basically caution to pick the one that you feel like will work the best for you. Uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. And I also kind of want to do something new today with you guys. Hold on. Believe it or not, after last week's show where um, we did the whole thing in the car, I felt like this is the time where I could start basically experimenting certain parts. And what I want to say, what I'm trying to say here is I actually want to be able to, let's say, do segments in, this, in the live stream with us here. But I also want to be able to shift over and then take over, take those segments out, meaning um, be able to actually optimize them. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm going to move you to the right. I have a feeling I'm going to get very interesting here. So um, typically what I do shows or when we record shows, um, I record them and they basically go live, straight live to YouTube. What I want to do today is, and I'm hoping this actually kind of works for us. Let's see if we can do this. So I'm going to actually try to do this. I'm going to do the unboxing. We're going to talk about the F3 because I definitely want to jump into that a little bit. And we're not going to spend too much time on it, but I want to actually uh, start kind of taking a look at what's going on here. We're going to connect to the camera. Let's we'll see if that works without messing up anything on the live stream. No, it's working perfectly. So, uh, with that being said, and of course, I'm going to take you out because we don't need you in this conversation. Sorry, we're having a retreat. We're, we're, we're doing it live, people. So, let's go ahead and bring it over here. We're going to bring the F3. And obviously, the you know we're going to put that one on side. This is the case that came with the F three, just for reference. So, with that being said, um, I'm actually going to go ahead and hit record there, and uh, we're also going to do one more little bit here. Okay, so. Before we go too far, we're actually going to try to do this a little bit live. So okay, we'll switch over back here. So let me just make sure to catch most of the comments so that we don't miss too much. Uh, this internet and do the experiment experimenting with this live. You know what? I I I've always wanted to kind of try to figure out uh, different ways of approaching it. So let's go ahead and do this real quick. So what we're doing right now, which is very different than what I've done in the past. Um, is i'm actually recording so i'm using my camera so we we always talk through the a7s3 that's the primary shooter that i use uh, and i have an uh, another uh camera here that you guys typically will see so when i switch over from one device to the other this is my secondary camera so what i typically do is i showcase the phone or i do you know different parts of the, pho- the show and um, i always want to basically share with you guys also the experience of uh, unboxing and doing things like that poco sent me a very very unique experience when it came down to their smartphone and i'm very big into showcasing these things so what we're going to do today is i am actually recording as we're talking right now i am kind of unboxing and reboxing the phone just to kind of go through this but my goal at the end of the day is to um, use this bit of the the show so we'll go ahead and switch over back Um, so yeah the goal is to use this portion of the show literally as a cut piece out of the live stream and then post this as a separate video later on. So essentially trying to repurpose some content from the from the live stream since we do talk about a lot of stuff. And I feel like this would be a very beneficial thing. Um, so in today's, basically what we're trying to focus on uh, right now, yes, it, we are going to be talking about the brand new F3 from Poco. Uh, now, this is the F3 5G. It's running the latest SoC from, uh, well, not the latest, I would say, but the latest 8C or 8.7 series. So, right, it's the 8.65 that went in to 865 plus that went in to become the 870 in 2020, uh, 2021. So if we switch over to the overall experience here, so here's where I got from, uh, we'll go ahead and put the mouse on the side a little bit. So Poco sent me over the phone and they also sent me this nice little box, uh, that actually has some really nice pins. So let's go ahead and check them out real quick before we get to the box and, one thing I really, really like about Poco is the, the the personal touch that they've done here. So first we'll notice right there, obviously we have a massive pin here. Uh, these are all pins that you're able to put on like, uh, you know, uh, lanyards or so on. Very nice. Big, big Poco, black and orange, uh, black and yellow or black and orange color. But what I really like about it here is uh, the ability to basically Poco, the real beast. So those are going to be really, really nice. Um, Dominic, one will definitely give me one second. We'll get to that, and I'll show you guys exactly what it has. And here, of course, 120 hertz AMOLED display. Again, and we talked about this one, the 6.67 inch display. There, it's 120 hertz, 1080p resolution, audio zoom in their video. That's going to be one of their main features. And of course, I'm going to showcase that in the video when we get in, when I post the full version of the video. I'll add the clips that I have recorded on the phone. Uh, the brand new uh, Snapdragon 7, uh, 870, so essentially an 865++ with 5G as the X50 modem that's built in here, so you're able to use it. Very nice. And of course, uh, this is just a very nice, memorable, like a memorabilia package that comes with it. I don't think ordering it normally will include this, but definitely was a very nice package from uh, from Poco. So I want to say thank you very much for that. And actually, let's, let's do this. We'll do that and we'll keep it in the shot so that you guys can ch- check it out as we're working on uh, just the actual unboxing experience. Uh, The package is very simple. Poco F3, again, the 5G edition model. F3 here, nothing on the top, on the bottom, just some small information. Let's go ahead and open it up. And you obviously get the black and yellow, or black and, uh, yeah, black and yellow, essentially the best way to to say it. Uh, Packaging here, we got some Poco stickers, as you can imagine, Uh, basically, you know, everything Poco. And uh, there is a case, which, again, as I mentioned, I put it away, but essentially they do include a clear case. Uh, They also include an adapter. So, uh, Davin, just to kind of answer your question, uh, it does not have a headphone jack. It uses an adapter and it is included in the package. A lot of people get them, but they don't open the main box for some reason and they miss it. So it does actually come in the box Uh, and they include a SIM rejector tool to obviously be able to insert your SIM card into the phone. So let's go ahead and close this guy and put this on the side. Uh, after that, here, uh, welcome to the Poco family. Thank you for choosing Poco. Very straightforward, very easy, and of course, just a big Poco wording here. Now, as you guys, as you guys already know, I already have my phone uh, configured. Let me go ahead and swipe over some of those. Uh, couldn't find. Yeah, and actually, let's go ahead and remove. Oops, there's a lot of notifications coming in here. So, so if you look into the phone itself, I I chose to go with this lock screen wallpaper as opposed to what I did on the. Um, Mi 11 Lite. So if you guys have seen the Mi 11 Lite here, so here you guys both Dragon Ball always Mi Y 12 is just kick ass for this feature. I really, really like it. Um, Fingerprint sensors present on the right side, as we've seen with some of the other devices that Xiaomi and Poco has been releasing. This is purely a Poco Uh, volume rocker on the top. Now this is a power button and a fingerprint sensor. So you can definitely see here one two, boom, one, boom. I mean, it's so crazy that if I want to see the lock screen, I actually have to do a half press uh, on there. Uh, and of course, uh, no headphone jack, sorry, sadly. Uh, so as far as the actual experience, though, the speakers or the stereo speakers are actually present slightly different here. You're able to actually use the external speakers here, not just the top earpiece. Uh, the the processor, as I mentioned to you guys here, we have is uh, the 870. So this is the 870 processor from Qualcomm. You could definitely I mean, there's no stutters. Obviously, you should not have any stutters. There's no Issues, uh, just everything will work the way you expect it to work. Uh, we are running, let's go ahead and bring it up here, Mi 12, and again running on Android 11. Now, the model that I have has 256 gigs of internal storage, and of course, it is Poco F3. This is the global edition running on top of Android 11. So let's go ahead and do here, and one, if I'm not mistaken, two, and boom, three, Android 11, and we get the little kitty cat sitting in there, right there, of course. Um, Always, always nice. Very, very good as far as the configuration that we get in there. Uh, of course, we can go into all the specs, all the customizations that we have with y 12. Everything is pretty much very much experienced very well here. Now, on the cameras, we have a slightly different experience here. Uh, the sensors and everything that we have in there. We'll get into that in a second. But what I wanted to share with you guys is the ability to go all the way up to 4K here is going to be the maximum resolution. Now, I know that the 865 and the 865 Plus can do 8K. I'm not sure why Xiaomi or sorry, I'm not sure why Poco was limiting the experience here to this, but it is something to keep in mind. So that's going to be the maximum resolution on the back sensor. On the front-facing sensor, it's typical to what we've seen with most devices, but 1080p60 is going to be the the maximum resolution there. Uh, images on this. Let me see if I can get this to show correctly. So here is a quick image or video that I did with the the stop motion. So that was with my son. we will give it a second. So he's doing boom, boom, and boom. Uh, so definitely very much a, a unique thing. Let me see if we can get this thing to run. Uh, I was having him throw something in the air and ah, it kind of froze in the wrong spot. Uh, we tried We tried to do a lot of different things here. We have a cat that's fly walks around uh, in our neighborhood. So I kind of put that in there. So we'll have a lot of content show up in the video once I put the video portions of it. Uh, gestures is there, everything that we normally have. We have a remote uh, built in there as well. Uh, so definitely very, very nice. Um, and of course I do want to say, <laughs> Um, I I appreciate everybody's comment and support of course Um, I did want to show real quick the charging it does actually support 33 watt charging that's included in the box Uh, so and of course it's trying to escape here so we'll put that one here so 33 watt charger in the box USB type A to to European plug since this is an international model and Last thing here, of course, USB-A to USB-C. That's going to be the connecting cable. And the headphone jack, as I mentioned, it is present to USB-C at the bottom. Dual SIM 5G support, of course. Large, very, very nice, very fast UI element. So it's crazy uh, just overall how fast. And of course, it is the 870. It's a very, very fast, very good processor uh, for any experience that you want to be able to use um, your devices. So I feel like Poco with this is truly releasing a basically bonafide flagship. It's literally competing with the 888 market um, at a much, much lower price point, And of course, much better experience because what you're getting here essentially is a primary shooter that's a 48 megapixel sensor. We also have the, obviously the ultra wide is an eight megapixel sensor, a five megapixel that's gonna be basically your uh, tele macro which is essentially a telephoto and a macro lens. And the front facing sensor, 20 megapixels, and of course giving you the 1080p 60 frames per second. Um, audio, dual stereo speakers, really, really nice. And of course, 120 Hertz, 6.67 inch display. Uh, You are able to configure that directly under the display setting. You go into settings, you can change into dark mode. The refresh rate, as I mentioned, either 120 Hertz or 60 Hertz. There's no 90. Uh, It would have been nice to give us the option to jump between those three steps, Uh, but definitely very, very nice. And let's go ahead and switch over back, um, just the, the experience that you normally would expect to get from Poco. I think uh, using it for the last week or so, I had to, I have to say the it truly feels like it's an 888. I mean, if you didn't tell me that this was the 870, there's no way for us to tell. Uh, performance gaming on this is top notch. Uh, the 120 hertz definitely, sorry, it definitely benefits the performance that we get there, and the overall UI elements are definitely showing that you're getting the best experience. Um, I do want to take a quick second real quick and kind of acknowledge, uh, guys, I didn't miss it. Sorry, Javier, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, Javier Hidalgo uh, has been catching up the replays via the podcast during the week. I hope you you and your family are are doing great. Uh, Jealous of the Mi 11 Lite. Uh, And speaking of which, uh, I think this would be a good time for us to start talking about the benchmarks of the Mi 11 Lite 5G. So uh, let me just do real quick here, if I can bring this in correctly. I just want to make sure that it runs. And I guess this, actually no, this will be the one I kind of just keep it in here. Let's do this here. Nope, I should be going in the other direction. So here, let's see if we can do this right. So here, nope, it still doesn't go. Okay, I'm gonna have to actually end up doing them uh, manually. So let's go ahead and share the screen. And if I'm not mistaken here, okay, here we are. So I'm gonna share my second screen real quick, guys. This is not the inception part. And I also wanna say thank you very much to Jermaine uh, as well for the for this amazing super chat as well. So both Javier and Jermaine, and thank you very much for, for the support with the channel as always. Uh, let me share the screen. And uh, so if you guys haven't seen this yet, so let's go ahead and turn it on. We're gonna share on the second screen and if if it's gonna work. So let's do this here. So the first one I want to share with you guys, and I do want to say thank you very, very much to Isa Rodriguez for helping me out with this. Just for reference, she was one of the few curators that received the 5G model as opposed to where everybody else got the 4G model. So her unit has the 780G. So uh, this is just a quick benchmark that I was asking her. Uh, she, she was very kind to be able to help me out with this. So uh, on a single core running it in in game turbo mode, meaning you actually run it within the in game turbo, meaning the system is overclocked. They're running at the best performance level. 802 for the single core, 2880 for the multi-core um, on the uh, on the 720G. And of course, when we turn it on here and start looking, uh, comparing it to some of the other uh, processors on the market, uh, if you can see right there, it's uh, Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra comparable to it as far as the single core. So it's very close. Uh, Not to say that it's better, but again, from a synthetic point of view, it is similar to it and what we see there. And then as far as the multi-core, it is clocking a little bit less, but it's still in in certain ways considered to be running better than the S20 Ultra. Uh, This is a good indicator as to what the next generation of processors from Qualcomm are going to show us. I think that's a big thing for us. And again, I do want to say very much. Thank you very much to uh, Isa uh, for for the help getting getting this uh, the specification the the benchmarks run on this thing, um, okay. I think we have a question here from Z- Zize. I think there was a question. Uh, so Zize, the the resolution on the Poco F3, if I'm not mistaken, is only 1080p uh, at 120. It doesn't run at QHD at 120. So there's no uh, changing resolution. It's 1080p at 120, uh, 120 at 1080p or 60 at one, uh, 120. So let me go ahead and just do. We'll stop this guy, and I'm gonna. I just wanted to sort of record that portion of the ISA. Uh, ISA Tech, the queen, of course, as always, um, and she's super, super helpful, which I really appreciate her help in there. Um, let me see here real quick. Uh, yeah, very much. Uh, wh- why do most new concepts start uh, with Apple iPhone? <laughs> Hamad Tech Talk has said, uh, "Why most of new concept uh, starts with Apple iPhone?" You know, actually, believe it or not. Apple doesn't really start concepts, I would say, as much as they they tend to say follow the, the, the trend. They used to, at one point, be the concept set, or the, basically, I would say, the trend setter. But Apple, for the most part, takes what's been around for some time and works on to make it the best experience for their devices. And it's to a certain point when they reach that level is where, for the most part, that technology starts making improvements. The example behind that is 5G technology being available on devices like the iPhones are things that we haven't had in the past. And of course, when Apple discovered 5G, because that's how things are, uh, the world started revolving around it. And I think those are one of the things that we have to kind of appreciate things going in there. Um, I do want to say real quick, because I te- technically do end up showing that here. Let me see here. Do I have the Geekbench installed? And I think I did. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so actually spe- specifically talking about that, since we technically talked about that. So here, Geek. Uh, Let's go ahead and put that in. I'm going to download Geekbench 5 just to show you guys what the 870 can do as a processor. Since we just talked about the uh, the obviously the 780, let's see what what that one does as well. Um, So let me see here real quick. Uh, So battery life. Okay. so here this is a quick question. How does the OnePlus 9 Pro battery life uh, fare? So for me, I've been getting obviously a consistent day's worth of performance. It's a forty five hundred milliampere battery. It's not the largest on the market, but overall, if you're running it with QHD, with uh, basically 120 hertz refresh rate, you're going to burn through the refre- through the battery a lot faster. But I've been gab- I've been I would say consistently getting about four and a half to five hours with a screen on time with a lot of uh, and also keeping in mind that I have always on display on. So I have a lot of things that I like to do on my smartphones. Um, and you know what? Actually, I do want to share this with you guys, which would really be really nice. So I don't know if you guys have seen this. This is a, one of their custom creation cases that they had on the OnePlus site. I decided to pick it up and it has like a really nice robot set up in there, almost holding the Hasselblad camera sensors on the OnePlus 9. Um, definitely very nice. And the fact that I can charge the phone, not that I have to from zero to hundred percent in 30 minutes means I'm never worried about the battery on this because I can let it literally run to about 10%, which is what I typically do. Um, From a daily activity or the daily cycle of of charging for me, I typically charge my phone at somewhere between 5 to 6 a.m. in the morning. That's typically when I charge my phone. I don't plug my phone at night. I don't tend to keep that with me. So throughout the day, the phone runs from 6 a.m. all the way till the next day's 5 a.m. And typically with the OnePlus 9 Pro, I'm still running about 30%. So that's a rough estimate of how that works. Uh, I, of course, I'm using this uh, and I would say that it does get a little bit of trickle charge every so often when I'm using different uh, components. But again, with overall experience, there's not going to be an issue if you want to push it, use it uh, and get all the benefit with that as well. or Apple uses older, older Apple design. Yeah, no. If we really kind of like focus on what Apple does and what Apple likes to, uh, likes to do, uh, at the end of the day, it's one of those things you have to kind of remember: is that Apple typically, or at least in the last few years, hasn't really been trying to innovate. It's more so uh, streamline and optimize. Uh, and if they re-release a device with a, an existing, uh, you know, chassis that they've been selling for years, that's again to their benefit, and people bought into it. I think the SC twenty twenty is definitely a big improvement over what we saw in the first uh, SE. And it is a smaller form factor. It's still technically using uh, their flagship uh, A13 Bionic uh, chipset, which is not a bad design. I think the overall experience is just tailored to work better on the uh, on their devices like that. Um, Wasn't the removal of the head? uh, Sorry, let's do it real quick. Wasn't the removal of the headphone jack started by Motorola on the Moto Z series? So it's 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 a little bit hard to say as as a as a trend. So Having somebody do something and nobody, nobody else copying, I think, to a certain point is is a trend. You can kind of refer to it in that sense. But when we look at what what actually made the change become a trend, it was technically Apple removing it. Because once you saw that and then you see other companies kind of jumping in to make fun of it. And then, then two minutes later, when they're releasing their next flagship, uh, they do the same thing where they remove their headphone jack. Now. There are other options on the market, but I can tell you from usage and personal experience, I value the, the the presence of a headphone jack on a smartphone, especially when I love to listen to music and enjoy the music. That's why the V60 is a device that I appreciate. That's why the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II or even the Xperia 5 Mark II are devices that I appreciate. Now, Xiaomi and Poco do focus on devices. They're not definitely they're not just skipping everything, but I, what I say is the experience you're getting with wired headset is always going to be much better. Um, I don't know realistically if I would give moto the trend, but they may have been the first, maybe they can get the first, but not necessarily the trend setting uh, option. Um, That Dominic, uh, uh, okay, uh, What about the remover? The remover of the charger in the box. Yeah, that that one I can definitely uh, give them credit for that one, uh, and especially with that little switch around where they're still sh- they're still going to have you buy the new charger because, again, nobody prior to the to the latest edition of iPhone 12 uh, had a USB-C charger that came in the box with an iPhone. All of those, if any, were with the iPad and that was purely on the 2020 edition. Prior to that, all of them were using USB-A connectors to USB-C options. So USB-C to, uh, to Lightning is definitely new and it's going to force people to use it. It may not force them to do it when they're using it on the PC, but from a charging standpoint, yeah, Apple did a very interesting switcheroo. Um, and 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 again, uh, S- Samsung for the most part did exactly the same. They're saying they're being economical, they're being more environmentally friendly, but they're selling you a, a charger that comes in a separate box, shipping it separately, in a, uh, and cost and charging more money for it. Where is the savings? Where is the environmental support? It's in the paperwork. I think that's the best way to look at it. Um, but actually, you know, one of the other thing I definitely appreciate about this, OK, so here, it opened up. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to accept. I'm going to run the benchmark in two different forms. First, I'm going to run the benchmark without opening up uh, the Game Genie or the Game Turbo option. And the reason behind that is uh, when you run the benchmark on devices by Xiaomi, without being in the game system, it technically runs at, I would say, maybe optimized edition. So it's running with whatever the default settings. Uh, now, I am running it, by the way, on the highest uh, resolution. Um, I want to say you know guys actually okay so before we get to the end so it is it is running just for for references so it's going to show you right there it is running i am hoping that they've unlocked it um there are some reason, for some reason or another, the POCO F3, I want to say I tried running Geekbench and it kept crashing on me at the end. And I've seen that happen with a lot of devices from uh, from earlier pre-release hardware devices, not letting us run benchmarks. I know the Mi 11 did and it worked, uh, but definitely we'll have to see if this one continues. I want to say I, I tried and it didn't work. And that's why I don't have uh, Geekbench installed on my phone. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so keep in mind, again, Wednesday, uh, it's going to be very, very nice. Um, on the 7th, Video Maker, uh, we'll be talking again, uh, Xperia Pro, <laughs> if I can find what the Xperia Pro, uh, Xperia Pro with HDMI. And, um, you know, actually, I want to ask you a question. Let me know in the comments, please. Um, what do you guys think of this? I want to do a video. Um, I feel like the, there's a big misconception or at least a big misunderstanding of what the Xperia Pro is and what the Xperia 1 Mark 2 is. Now that the Xperia 1 Mark 2 features or has the ability of using HDMI in using adapter options, do you feel like the Xperia Pro Xperia Pro makes sense? I still think it's a separate device and its own entire end uh, with its own entire entity that I feel like the Xperia 1 Mark 2 although it gets close to it doesn't necessarily hit the same level or the hit the same note for professionals when you have to carry the phone and an adapter and another thing and a whole bunch of different things to be able to get the same experience. But I was thinking of putting a video with that, uh, with those two devices, while I still have the Xperia Pro because I don't, although I would love to be able to play some more with it, I'm not sure if there's gonna be other projects that I'm where I'm working with Sony that will feature the Xperia Pro specifically, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, uh, Jay Jetter, uh, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Thank you very much for the super sticker. Always, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Davin says, uh, Tim Cook's Apple doesn't set trends. Uh, it satisfies shareholders. Uh, and to a certain point, absolutely. It is. It is absolutely feeding into what the existing system is where you're working on uh, increasing the the value and increasing the, the income. Reducing the size of the box by removing the charger meant they they fit more iPhones shipped across uh, from from their factories over to the to the markets that they want to be able to ship to and then having us buy an additional charger increased the margin for them because now we're buying you know a, a fully priced iPhone 12 Pro Max or 12 Pro or whichever version you're getting and you're still shelling out an extra 25 to 30 bucks to pick up a charger if you don't want to pick up the faster charger if yes, you do that that's an extra fee there um always always thank you see joe joe's jumping in with the thanks appreciate it man always um, so, yeah, Jermaine, I, I'm I'm with you on this. I, and I feel like it's something that a lot of people maybe, like, I think the first headlines that I started to see once the Xperia Pro, or sorry, once the Xperia 1 Mark II received the update, was that this this is the end of the Pro. There's no reason for the Pro. The, the Xperia 1 Mark II has almost, you know, one-to-one benefit, uh, feature set. And, and I'm not disagreeing. Yes, you do get a lot of features, especially with the Android 11 update, that are similar to the Xperia Pro. But I will say that thermal management. Ah, okay. So I was right. Uh, so just to kind of reference, guys, it keeps crashing on uh, with uh, with this version. So somehow Poco or at least uh, Geekbench for some reason does not run, like benchmarking apps don't run uh, very well on Poco devices with pre-release hardware. So I'm I'm going to wait a little bit till at, at some point when I'm able to run the numbers. But the 870 again, it's an 865 plus. So whatever the 865 plus capabilities are, this is slightly higher than that. Um. The Xperia Pro is very much its own device. Think of it, of what a professional looks for when they're out and about. And if they want to basically seriously, within a split second, basically say, look, I have my Xperia Pro, I have my uh, my DSLR camera. And again, it doesn't have to be an a7S III. I connect both of them together and suddenly I'm able to jump into a live stream with a DSLR. We're talking the best quality options that you can get optics on here. They're you know way better than you can get from any mobile device to date. That's a big feature. The Xperia 1 Mark II, although mimics that function, you need an adapter that you have to be with you all the time. It needs a USB-C or video adapter option to convert the video into USB-C video. This is a big factor that most people don't mention with the Xperia 1 Mark II. It's not a simple plug-in and HDMI. The Xperia Pro has a dedicated port for HDMI in. So that's an extra piece of hardware that the Xperia Pro has built into the, the actual device. Second. Xperia Pro has a quad antenna band system designed for better transfer data point, specifically that it supports 5G and ultra wideband in the US. So that already is a factor. So the quad antenna, very, very nice. The material on the back is specifically designed to be very conducive for Wi-Fi connectivity as well as mobile connectivity so that you're running much better signals and much direct, if you're able to get ultra wideband, so you're getting the full benefit of the system. That's something that we can't say about the Xperia 1 Mark II. And then lastly, Better cooling system that I feel like I totally missed on until we saw Jerry Rig Everything's video where the Xperia Pro has definitely better cool temperatures or uh, temperature management for their devices, which I feel like is a big thing that a lot of us don't understand or at least appreciate uh, that the Pro provides. So when we consider those and we talk about professionals and we're talking about the people that use this technology, these are the things that they're going to do. If I was to go out and do a two-hour live stream and I had the choice to go between the Xperia 1 Mark II and the Xperia 3, uh, Xperia Pro, I would go with the Pro. The Pro, hands down, is the is going to give me the best experience because the Pro is the experience that I think people love. It's the experience that you know that you just plug it in and it works and it works the right way the first time. So big, big kudos to Sony for that. So I'm, hopefully, what I want to do is I want to maybe do a quick... Maybe, maybe four or five minute uh, video, just talking about those and then just kind of addressing it because a lot of people, I felt like a lot of people almost wanted to pass on the Xperia Pro because the Xperia 1 Mark II got that feature, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, D- Dominic Wan saying is, Xperia Pro is also designed specifically for US markets because that's the only 5G phone that Sony supports in the US with US bands. That is true. You'd have to, you have to actually also appreciate that um, or at least understand that it's specifically designed to work on Verizon's system because it is the only one that currently is offering us uh, ultra wideband in a, in a more. Although it's not available everywhere, it's still more more so available than the rest of other other like ultra wideband connectivity. And I want to say T-Mobile has some, but it's very limited. And I want to say AT and T also has some areas where they f- feature that. But Verizon, for me, I can go to Santa Monica. 45 minutes or so, and I can pick up a 5G signal and then live stream on 5G, ultra-wide band, easy, which I still want to do, by the way. I'm still trying to figure out if I can get a, get a chance to get at least one live stream running on that. So definitely very, very soon. Uh, oh, so here, um, what are your thoughts uh, about the uh, the slowly dying third-party launchers? Google still haven't fixed the, uh, the animation when using their uh, gesture navigation. So, Third-party launchers are a big thing for me. I personally, if you guys know, I've, I've used Nova Prime for many, many years. And one of the big things that drove me crazy with One UI prior to One UI 3.0, I think I want to say 3, 2.5 with, with Samsung, it was the issue that Samsung disabled gestures or navigation gestures whenever you switched over to a third-party launcher. So that ended up making it so that you have to use the first-party launcher. I'll say this much about the Mi 11 Lite. That's one thing that I'm not happy with. Um, and, and it's not that I'm sad, but it, I understand the limitation. It's that if you switch from the Mi 11 launcher, so MIUI's default launcher where the gestures are supported, you're by definition kicked out of gesture support. Now, it does allow you to jump back in, but at least in on my version software, which I'm hoping is just an update away from being fixed, um, the gestures don't work when I switch over. So if I install Nova, I jump over and switch back the gestures. It seems like it's having a little bit of hiccup. So I feel like it, it could still be part of the uh, early hardware pre-production uh, access to things. And I'm hoping that they do get them fixed. So third-party launchers, I feel like are still thriving. I feel like the primary company or most OENs are starting to slowly edge that now, Here's my thought on this, which is something that you guys need to also keep in mind. Sorry. Um, there is an app made by XDA called Navigation Gestures that actually fixes a lot of those issues with third-party launches. So it's not that it's not functional. Unfortunately, it does require us to install a separate app to fix the concern. And it does give us some of those gestures that we normally expect from general, like you know, swipe up and hold for recent, swipe up to go home, and swipe left and right to be able to change. So... At the end of the day, if we're looking at it, I think this is definitely something that you can definitely appreciate. It's very nice. And I would just basically say, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see more innovations done there. But Nova for me is still my primary uh, launcher and I install it literally on every device. The, any device that I'm using long-term, that's going to be the launcher that I use. If I'm switching in and out from different devices, it's hard for me to judge the device truly if I'm switching the native experience that the device is trying to give us out of the box. So for those reasons, when I'm running, let's say, a a Poco F3, or if I'm running a a Xiaomi, I keep them on the default launcher. They're getting better. They're definitely much better than they used to be, but I, I still feel like Nova gives me the exact experience. And the best way to explain it is, I get the same look, the same icon pack, the same font size, everything from one phone to the other. When I transfer my data, I install a Nova Prime. I restore from a backup from my other device for my setup on my launcher. And seriously, my setup is exactly the same down to the wallpaper, down to the settings, the gestures, uh, the two finger gestures, the three finger gestures, the double tap, all of those things that you can't really do with a standard launcher. So I'm hoping to see more options, but there are some options, some software uh, limitations that are starting to creep up a little bit. Yes um uh, davin davis uh, that would be another one great you're right the xperia pro is not a, a consumer based co- product sony is not trying to market this 20 you know this 2500 device to uh, like us like the general i would say users uh that are generally using the phone for their daily activities this is truly believe this is for somebody that like i say if i'm going to a show if i'm outdoors and i want to be able to film and i want to be able to get the f- the best experience that's where the Xperia Pro benefits, uh, the ability of transferring data from the camera to the Xperia Pro over to FTP. Those are things that you can't still do with many devices on the market. So again, very functional, very, very powerful. And I probably will end up doing this quick video because I feel like it's a, it's a subject that I feel like a lot of us, you guys obviously are aware of it. Now we've talked about it, but I feel like some people are still dismissing it. So we'll see. Um, Gestures work, but the animations are still broken. Uh, we're still going. We still we still go home uh, when the uh, when the launcher refreshes. Every once in a while, it does reset, and I think that's um, it's, it's like almost like the changing the default app doesn't stick. So I'm hoping that they get both. We'll see that fixed in the near future with their updated launchers. There are other options. I think I've seen, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that where you're able to actually uninstall the old launcher but I think it's not recommended or even installing a modded version of that launcher directly from XDA. So I would, I would definitely check into those, but for me, um, pixel launcher, actually when they integrated the swipe down to open up notification, they kind of fixed 90% of the problems I had with them. I typically stick to that when I'm running them on my pixels. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. ER1980 is in the chat. Hey man, good morning, or er, sabaho, man. Uh, let me see here. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Joe, uh, I uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, we already talked about Whitechapel uh, a little bit earlier in the chat. I'm okay. Uh uh got got it, got it, uh oh fish. Uh, oh, okay. Uh got in the fish tank. have to go uh, to the pet store to, with medicine. Okay. I hopefully your your fish is doing okay. I think if I'm I'm getting it correctly one of your fish is not feeling well. Um but yeah, so the way things are going, I think if anything this the 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 overall experience what you're getting with the Xperia Pro is definitely unique uh and it is again not intended for the general usage i would say it's again for prosumers uh people that are mobile journalists or people that are going to be accessing or in in areas where there's a lot of uh 5G and ultra wide bands specifically as well um <laughs> not much uh, not much that was said uh, to be honest here yeah uh, it it's been a lot of there's been a lot of things going on uh Jermaine I, speaking of which, I actually, uh, as I'm opening up Twitter, I see Germaine's Germaine's uh, post with the Samsung Glass uh, piece of glass in his hand with the back sensor glass thing uh, going on. Um... <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay, Pocket Now is actually quoting me, saying that the Mimix Fold is exciting. But we're a bit over foldables, TK Bay. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay, so I don't. This this is. Ah, oh, pocket. Now we can. Okay, so we definitely have a catchy title, Josh. I am. <laughs> I did not see you. Okay. Um. Definitely. The so the best way to say this. So maybe because okay. So let's just since it just came up. The the comment that I said on the on the podcast yesterday with Josh was very specific to an experience that I had with the the Z Fold two the Z Fold two. I was excited for the Z Fold two, and I'm still I'm still a, a fan of the foldable devices, uh, and it's mostly because foldable give us the ability of using larger displays on smaller devices. The challenge that I had was at the beginning of when the Fold two or the Z Fold two came out, I was coming from a phone or user of a, the original Fold that had a lot of problems. It was a non-usable front-facing display. There was a lot of things going on around uh, on the side. But the concern that I faced with it, with the issues that I saw with it uh, at the end of the day, after the initial kind of... Um, I'd say the honeymoon phase was up. It wasn't that I'm over foldables. It's just that I saw that what what um, basically, um, uh, I would say Huawei and Xiaomi are doing, they're doing it better providing us a thinner experience with that phone. The Z Fold 2 with a case on it is a really thick device. So when you start configuring that and having to put it in your pocket and not being able to use it uh, in the car or open it up, basically using it in a call holder or doing things with it. When you're playing games, you have to kind of put it somewhere. And it's just the overall experience was kind of hindered. I felt like I, I, I wasn't as excited about it as I was at the beginning of it and that was the context that I kind of got into it with with Josh over on the podcast um, but the the comment that was put together for the for the podcast the mimics fold is exciting but we're a bit over foldable TK Bay so I'm I, I that is um, that is an interesting and maybe, maybe it's a late April Fool's joke but I that, that was not the intention of what I meant to say um, uh, definitely not what I meant to say in the chat on that one. So that would explain why my, uh, why, okay. So that was also the comment, by the way, uh, sorry, it'll be easy for you to, I showed show you guys what I was talking about. So let's go ahead and share the screen here. Uh, so it's, uh, it was a tweet that was put out by Michael Fisher, uh, regarding the, uh, the weekly, the, the pocket now weekly, uh, podcast. So, uh, I think they were just putting a soundbite, uh, or a, a catching things in there, uh, with, uh, it was definitely very interesting. So uh, Michael Fisher is like saying a uh, hashtag. I am unsubscribing from the live stream. Uh, we're not. Yeah. So I think we may end up having to have a, a second conversation about this at some point and see how we can actually kind of uh, <laughs> kind of get it going. I, I'm laughing uh, to a certain point, but I'm also not necessarily. I, so I, I would say this. I'm not saying I'm over foldables. I'm just saying I found myself. I found myself that. The Z Fold 2 was just not feeding into or meeting all the expectations for long-term use. And I would hopefully see more things like the way we see with Xiaomi and Huawei with the thinner foldables and of course more functionals. maybe even going to rollables as I feel like the DAC technology actually uh, maybe makes more sense because you keep the thinness of the the phone and you're utilizing the rollable uh, OLED panels that we've seen that LG has done in the past uh, as well as the ability of getting the full function of a large display and a small display at any time you want it and you don't sacrifice thickness. That's the big thing for me. So, yeah, Uh, Davin Davis, uh, as much as I love Nova, I've been using the uh, uh, Niagara for the past year, plus uh, uh, for more minimal, for a more minimalistic look. Absolutely. Uh, And that's the thing, though. Secondary launchers are great for that, right? Android allows us to do many, many things with them. And I feel like those are things that I always appreciate. Uh, It's the ability of you know, just making the experience on Android yours and only yours. And that's something that we can't really do on iOS, but Android allows us to do that as well. Uh, ER 1980 controversy in, in the tech space. No way. Uh, no, it was, it was more, it was truly more something that I I just was not, um you know, it wasn't one of those things that I actually felt like it was kind of, uh, I, that's, I, I'm not going to say it was technically taken out of context. Uh, I'm, I would just, my excitement for the Z Fold 2 was not as much, it's not as at the same level as I was at the beginning. That's one of the reasons why I'm not using it. Uh, am I over foldables? Uh, I don't think so, but I think this is the year that it is going to be uh, good for foldables because we're seeing competition. And again, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it, I think if, I, if there was ever a... a <laughs> okay, Joe, you got to stop it with those tweets, man. I got to turn off Twitter when I'm sitting here with you guys because this is too much. I just saw Joe celebrating Easter... <laughs> happy easter (laughs) okay we we got to show this one joe i'm sorry you posted it online in the middle of my show we got to talk about it uh this is our this is our our, our favorite buddy Joe uh Joe Hickey's uh, Easter. Happy Easter to everybody, by the way. If you guys celebrate it, it's obviously Easter Sundays tomorrow. Um <laughs> and then this is oh man, it, it's a good, it's a good costume, man. Um your your editing skills are very, very good. And of course, you got Roger Life Attack jumping in and there with the with the super zoom with the smiley face. And of course, it is just it's fun. It is absolutely tons of fun. Uh, but with that being said, I do want to say, obviously it is that time of the day it's that time of the live stream. And since we're able to actually do the, uh, obviously the tk section again, since we're back in the, in the office, um, let's go ahead and if you guys can, uh, as I'm going to go through a couple more things, um, I'll, will we'll leave it up for you guys to come in. If you guys don't mind, just putting in the tk section. <laughs> um, so Aditya, kind of jumping in with that, TK hates foldables. That is not something I heard uh, that, that I heard or even expected today. Uh, it is very, very, um, like I said, it was very much a soundbite. I would say approach to to the title. Uh, I think the I think the approach is very, very, very unique. I've had the opportunity to play with a different different sets of foldables. So the Z Fold, the first Z Fold, uh, the Z Flip, the, the Z Fold 2, uh, the Huawei Mate X, I got a chance to play with, with with many devices. And I felt like there was a lot of approach, a lot of benefit from going with things like that that are beneficial. The approach to a foldable needs to be a purposely bait experience. So if you benefit from using it, you'd like using it, this is definitely gonna be great. I think the Z Fold 2 was a night and day improvement over the Z Fold first generation. But at the end of the day, once I was over the improvements and the hinge configuration, all of those things, I started basically started you know it started becoming more of the do I want to carry the Z Fold 2 or do I want to carry let's say the OnePlus Plus Nine Pro? At the end of the day, the Z Fold 2 literally feels like two phones on top of each other with a, with a bump on the side, so that the hinge doesn't close all the way. To me, that made it into uh, something that basically became a little bit more cumbersome. I want to see more functional options and, and incorporated. Xiaomi jumping into the uh, to the to the mix with a lower price is a big factor. And of course, having to see what we see with uh, with OnePlus, not OnePlus, with um, you know with uh, Huawei, and they made series. We'll have to see how that kind of goes in there as well. Um, okay, here we are. I think we're starting to see some of them in there. <laughs> Always drama in the tech space. JV, JV, did, did I, I? Yeah, um, should have seen it coming. Should have seen it because the conversation was leading. So a little bit of context in the background, Josh kind of gave me his opinion which was a very similar opinion to what was quoted on my side uh, that you know he doesn't feel like foldables are still kind of doing it they're not necessarily having that appeal uh, that a lot of people are are really kind of showing into it at the end of the day I feel like it's a it's it needs to serve a purpose and it needs to be functional for you Uh, but with that being said I let's go ahead and turn it on I think if I'm not mistaken here Uh, Joe. Oh, here we are. So the first one I think is right there, ER1980. Uh, and we're going to share screen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start it off with this one. And let's go ahead and do ooh, right there. This one actually worked a lot faster. Uh, so thank you very, very much for everybody. And of course, er TK TKR Bay loves all tech, uh, tech, including foldables guy. That's, that's the guy. That's the that's that's the channel you guys are on um if we we have to give a chance to everything and at the end of the day if you don't try different things and you don't see what's out there you don't know you actually in a weird way you actually get to appreciate what you have currently more if you try things and you may necessarily not you know find them to be to what you want them to be um of course aditya as always thank you very much tkception tkr bay tk alpha bay Always, always great, appreciate it. And of course, Gary the Fisherman jumping in with a super chat as well. TKception, TK TK Tesla Bay, uh, and of course, TK Sony Bay. Uh, please, please, please make sure to check out the show if you have time at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Video Maker. The link for that show is uh, the, the, for you to be able to check it out will be in the description below. And we're going to be talking live streaming setup on the go and in the studio here, what we're talking about right now. Uh, with that, And of course, thank you very much, uh, Gary, as well uh donald lazino is in the chat hey man good morning good morning or good afternoon depending on the time of day it is it is 12 45 good afternoon <laughs> we're, we're there uh joe hickey of course thank you very much dominic wong as always always very much thank you very much uh tkception tk alpha bay tk sony bay um I do want to say thank you very much to Davin Davis, Gary, of course, as I said, Aditya, Dominic, ER, uh, Josh, even for being in the show earlier in the uh, beginning of the show, he was hanging out with us a little bit. Uh, Jermaine from Concept Creators, Fat Produce, of course, Joe Hickey, um, a lot of everybody, do, uh, Demure is in there as well. Uh, and of course, some of the other new new show, new, um, I, I would say new followers or new uh, new participants on the show today, which I felt like was a very, very nice, very active conversation uh, type of an experience today. Very nice. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see Matt, but we saw Sam, which is the other half of Matt. Uh, he's officially they're officially together now. Um, and of course, it, always always going to be in that. And Of course, Davin Davis, TKception, uh, TK pour uh, pour un <laughs> out uh, pour, for uh, sorry, uh, TKR one out of for LG. Uh, we'll make we'll make sure how it works. We'll always make sure. And of course. Um, Actually, I'm liking this one as well. Hashtag TK hashtag Gary the Fisherman. Uh always, always big, big, big support. Gary, uh, Gary and I always love to kind of go in when, with the uh, Juan show and try to kind of do uh like trying to rally up some of those subs in there and then try to you know, get things going on. So I hope you guys make sure to check out uh Sam and Matt's show tomorrow across the podcast. It's gonna be as usual, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And of course, Juan Carlos's SGQA show on Monday with of course more tech. Um there will be more of a dedicated video specifically done on the Poco F3. I, I do want to say I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss it. Uh, thank you very much, obviously, for Poco to sending me the F3. Um, and, I, and like I said, even though I didn't get it on uh, before launch to kind of get the show showing up for you guys at the same time, I'm still very excited to be able to check out its Snapdragon 870 processor. Always, always nice. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Ronald Sims, good afternoon, man. Hope you're doing well. Davin Davis uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> Everybody always always man. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh, kicking it with us on your Saturdays uh be it in the morning afternoon or evening depending where you are you're watching it. Um, so the biggest thing I would probably say is this the 780 is promising definitely performs much better than the eight uh, the the 732 from the single core processing and the multi-core processing at least in Geekbench and I don't again I don't have a phone with it. It looks promising and very close to what we saw last year with the A65. So I don't know if these are truly like real world type of experience type of, type of experience. But if you think about it, this device is selling at, at least at the lower end model. The Mi 11 Lite starts at 299 euros. This is a massive benefit for any Mi, Mi fan or a Xiaomi fan. And again, for seven, the 780 is going to be the king of mid-rangers. And we're going to see a lot more devices in the US or even internationally running them. Um always, uh, thank you very much again for everybody jumping in and hanging out with us. Gary as always uh, hanging out with us as well. Be safe, stay safe, take care of yourself. And as always, I always try to say it, and I say the word always too many times, but connect with somebody you haven't talked to for some time. Reach out, say hi anybody and everybody always appreciates being connected with somebody they haven't talked to for some time as it always makes them feel appreciated. And of course, just again, take care of yourself. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. Um, But with that being said, oh, and then Jermaine, of course, I'm sorry. I I don't know if I forgot to say thank you very much to Jermaine for hanging out with us as well. And Chemi Torres, Uh, take care. Again, I'll see you guys next week on another episode of Best of Our Week. Bye-bye for now.